What's up, guys? Welcome to Thirst Responder with me, Joe Jones. Episode two today. Today, we are going to be talking with Jake, who is brand new to the bartending scene. Jake, how's it going? What's going on, Joe? Thanks for having me, man. You're very welcome. So, uh, so Jake, tell me, um, tell me how you fell into uh, the bartending industry. Uh, I just needed a job, and I knew Nate. Nate's one of the bar, a bartender already. Yeah. Okay. I can't flask. There's, there's my last name. I know too many names. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I just sent him a message on Instagram. I knew you were working at Wolves. It's like the one bar I actually go to for my nights off back in the day. Um, but now that I have a nightlife two nights a week at Wolves, I don't go anywhere. But yeah, I just need a job to hang it up. So, um, so what do you do normally full time? So, so how did all right? So, so you start so bartending basically was another side hustle, yeah, for. Okay, and how and how has that been going? Are you, were there any surprises that you had from when you started bartending that you maybe didn't see? I guess just like crazy drunk Irish guys coming in. Crazy drunk Irish guys. <laughs> I vaguely remember. I uh, I think it was maybe your second shift. You had a guy that stayed like till super late. Yeah, that was the guy. Oh, that was the guy. You told me that um, you used to be the guy, the go-to guy, whenever there was a house party. And was almost like the you know the mixologist of the group. Going from there to now behind the bar, how how is that kind of converted over for you? I think it's helped a little bit. I feel like I'm getting a hang of like even though I'm not taste testing the drinks, so I feel like as a mixologist at parties, you know, you kind of have to taste test and make sure it's good before you hand it out. Right. But so now I can't do that. <laughs> Obviously, it's bar, but I'm getting the hang of it. You know, I'm getting the pours right. Also, like even if just at home being able. So what? So out of the drinks that you've made um, while you've been bartending, is have you like have you put together anything like new? Uh, let's see. My buddy came in and we put together like a like a chocolate liqueur type drink. You just you just he just you let you kind that. of make whatever. Yeah, exactly. Are you more? Do you see yourself as more of a beer guy or a cocktail guy? Uh, I'm more of a beer guy myself. Have there been any new beers that you've tried lately that were like surprising? I love the coaster. The, Sh the Schwarz beer. Yeah. Have you had the peanut butter Guinness yet? Of course, that's my. That go is, yeah, that's that's my go-to as yeah. well. So, with bartending, what would you say is something you know that maybe you don't think of, and never having been a bartender before, that you kind of realize now that might be helpful or inspirational, or you know, kind of eye-opening for anybody else that might be considering. Is it that scary? I don't know. I, when I, when I would think of a bartending position, I would think of, you know, you have to almost have already gone to like a mixology school, but really I don't, I don't, now I don't see that as being the case. Yeah, I don't think so. One, I work Monday and Wednesday nights, so it's not like there's that big of a rush where I'm like panicking to figure out how to make a drink. You know? Right. So I can figure out how to make something new. Two, recipes, even for most complicated cocktails, aren't that awful difficult once you do them a few times. So I don't think like anybody should be that nervous about like coming in and trying to remember everything. I mean, that's something you can also do at home on your free time, you 
know, if you're struggling to remember recipes. I think the biggest thing is just being able to come in every day and like, just like any retail or position where you're working with a lot of people and meeting new faces and stuff, it's just having an interaction with everybody in the bar and also like meeting who it is in the bar. Like, you'll one, make more money for yourself if you're, you know, Seeking out a so this is almost this is like a little bit of a tip hack too. Yeah, exactly. All right, so go on with that. I like this. Yeah. I like where you're going with this. You make more money for yourself, recognizing like each individual at the bar and kind of getting a feel for the situation. And, so know, give, give me, uh, give us an example of what that looks like. Uh, so like a lot of times, if a couple comes to the bar and you know, they seem to kind of be just interacting with them, like by themselves, talking to themselves, like I'll give them some space, but every you know you might try to spark up a conversation with them eventually and throw a few jokes and kind of work your way into the conversation. Because I think the more you can interact with people at the bar and help them have, like, you know. A better experience. Have them, give them a better experience. Yeah. yeah the more likely they're going to, one, buy more drinks. Right, stay them, longer. You know, and then also the more likely to learn a little bit about you and maybe, you know, throw you a few extra bucks. All right. So that's a great tip hack. Uh, definitely being able to read the situation at the bar, giving the customers the best experience possible. What would you say as far as, you know, back end, like you don't, so you're telling us that the, um, the amount of experience bartending isn't necessarily the, the factor. Yeah. And I'm sure that you know this, there's those nights where groups are going to come in and it's yeah. later on in the evening. You might be tired at this point, obviously, but still kind of being able to keep that, you know, that interaction face forward with them. Yeah. Super important. And it also helps like if there is that late night group and you want them to get out at 12, you know, when you're ready to go. Or, you know, you can also be doing your closing work while they're, you know, finishing up their drinks. So right. There's a lot of the parts of, of closing where, you know, as long as you're not kind of making them feel uncomfortable, yeah. like they're, they have to rush out. You can get a lot of that stuff done while they're just chilling in the bar. And they'll appreciate that, too. You know, they're not feeling rushed out of the bar. So would you say this is how you develop, like, like a repeat, like, regulars? Do you have any regulars? I do. You do? I have, I have a few. You have a few? Give me a regular. Tyler with Tulip. Like, how long ago did Tyler come in? He was the first day, I think. He, was, he came in your first shift? Yeah. First day. And we had a good conversation. I convinced him to put a hundred bucks into the crypto market that he entrusted me with. We have a contract written down and I have a picture of it. This all happened first day shift. First night. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And we wrote a contract down on one of the uh, chip containers, the nacho chip containers, just saying like he's entrusting me with a hundred dollars to put into to invest into the crypto market. All right. So how many beers had Tyler already had prior? <laughs> there's a, know, a few man. to just maybe, invest a hundred bucks maybe a couple before he even came in <laughs> but wow so that that's that is amazing first night on the on shift you've got someone that came in for the first time and then rapidly through i would i assume to be uh you know building a foundation and rapport with someone yeah. on your first shift did, so did you invest in the crypto market I haven't yet, actually, which I think is good news for him because crypto has been taking a bit of a crash. So what'd you do with the hundred dollars? Like I just kind of just kept the hundred. It's just, it's just waiting. It's in my Venmo. Oh, it's just waiting. Okay. Yeah. And since since how long ago was that when Tyler came in? 
When was your first shift? I think it was like the first week of December, but I'm not sure. It was either end of November or beginning of December. So for everybody that's listening, Jake is extremely new to the bartending scene. Day one, bringing in and building up a relationship with someone. And he's been back pretty often, hasn't he, Tyler? Yeah, he comes every day. Well, I remember I I covered a shift for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember covering a shift for you one night, and he came in, and he's like, where's Jake? And I'm like, well, nice to see you, too. <laughs> so how so how's that been going? Like, with, with the regulars and stuff? You said you have a few. Yeah, there's some people that come back. I mean, I, I think I get a lot of feedback, too, just that, like, when, you know, on the slow nights, people come in, like, they just appreciate my vibe. I mean, I've had a couple of, like, multiple people who, you know, come up, compliment music choice or compliment, like, so if it's like a slower night or um or even semi-busy what are your thoughts so because you had mentioned music choice what are your thoughts on when people come up with like their song requests i put it on for them you don't you just don't you don't mind because it's manageable like it's just you know it's a manageable task i guess to do i think most people one don't really think too much about the music unless like a recognizable song that they love comes on right something like that so i feel like you can't really go wrong necessarily sometimes with the music i mean unless you're putting on like you know something that just does not match the that you're getting yeah, like, uh, yeah, unless you have, like, the Blink-182, like, Adam song on, <laughs> which you don't want to do, at the, but it's just sad. You've had a few nights that have been a little bit, we'll call it a little bit busy. Oh, yeah. And so the first time that that happened, explain to me, like, what were your thoughts? It was a little panicky. You know, was it a little panicky? You look up, and then all of a sudden there's a person shoulder to shoulder across the entire bar, you know, and you're like trying to remember who got there first. Cause you seem to be somebody that likes to build that kind of conversation with, with the customers. Yeah, exactly. And when it's that busy, you almost have to be polite, but also move on to the next person yeah. fairly quickly so that there's nobody really waiting, a, you know, 15 to 30 minutes for a drink exactly. kind of a deal. How, so how do you handle that? Try to just like keep my head on a swivel, you know. Try to reckon, like see when people show up and try to you know go as much as I can in the order of who got to the bar and just you know as I'm going through, if I notice somebody that you know, got there three, four, five drinks ago, try to rec- acknowledge everybody who's at the bar, you know. Okay. Waiting. Yeah, because you could be at one that, end. Like you know, you're getting to them eventually. They know you've seen them. Yeah. And you know, it helps at least increase and prove their patience a little bit yeah because there's definitely times you might be at one end of the bar and you serve somebody at the other end someone else was technically next in line i guess you could say but where you're standing a new customer comes and walks up and just starts with their drink order have you ever had anybody that was like have you ever had any disgruntled customers yet not really i think i i could tell like a couple times you know where maybe somebody was like just like, man, this took too long or something like that. But nobody's like ever really said anything to me. And if anything, most people are, are usually always like super understanding and respectful and recognize like, hey, I'm as fast as I can. Especially like if a keg tet kicks or something at the worst time. Like that, those three nights in a row was the most ever had kegs kick, which is understandable because there's a lot more people ordering or whatever. Right. But I think one, one of the nights it was like three kegs kicked like during the busiest time. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you have to kind of like work around that, you know. 
the cup only filled up like a quarter of the way or half the way or something, I'll give them the mug and just be like, hey, sip on this. So what are your what are your feelings on when um when the keg kicks and uh, having to change like, that keg? Like what emotions run through your head? Like the bar is packed. <laughs> like I, I think that you've had these shifts where the bar is already packed. The keg yeah. kicks. Yeah. There's you have to finish serving this person. So you, now you know that there's a massive amount of people at the bar. Yeah. And you have to go downstairs to change the keg. And I think that like, I've had a, I've had a few experiences where you go to tap the new keg and it's slightly off, mm -hmm. like tilt, mm -hmm. and you just get sprayed. Yeah. Does yeah, that happen? I had that like uh, I think that first busy night where it was just like. I was already kind of in a fiasco, and then yeah, it just like kind of makes your mood for a second worse because it's like shit. Now I just got beer all over me. Yeah, now I smell like beer. Yeah, now I smell like some spot and lager. Yeah, I think that when that happens to me, I kind of just take a breath and almost laugh yeah. because it's like at this point, because it still happens. Yeah. It's like at this point, it's like why? First off, why are we rushing? Yeah, it's not going to make anything go faster. What is your most ideal type of shift? Is it like semi-busy where you still can have conversation? Do you like that crazy? Because, you know, when there's more people in the bar, obviously, you make more in tips. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's definitely nice to have. Like, it was fun having a packed house three nights in a row, but it was definitely like. And that's the thing. It's tiresome. I work Monday, Wednesday. I picked up the Tuesday shit. So it was like by Wednesday, I was feeling it. And I was like, damn, I miss my slow nights. <laughs> it was just tired. <laughs> I like it when it's, you know, when it's moderately packed. If like, uh, like uh, the first few weeks of December when I had first started, it was, you know, moderately packed, like two or three, four decent sized groups would come in and most of the tables would be full and it wouldn't be too hard to keep up with. You can kind of still have like, that, that's when it's nice when it's just like even yeah. flow, you know? Right. So like there's a consistent, I know. Yeah. We, we all love those perfect nights yeah. when it's super slow that, you know, I'm sure that you've had nights. I, I think all people that are bartenders um, yeah. can testify. There have been nights where there's a period of time where there's nobody in the bar. Uh, have you been doing anything to kind of pass the time in the meantime? Yeah. Darts, man. I mean, I, I recommend, yeah, that's what I would recommend darts. <laughs> so for all of those listening, we have, um, we have steel tip uh, dart boards, Come on down and play, definitely. I highly recommend it. It doesn't cost any money to play. So how has Rose been? What are her thoughts on you having... Rose is uh, Jake's wife, for those who are listening and uh, didn't know. Um, how has she been she as far me. as you bartending? What funny story about that, though, because I think she told me... And not, I'm like, not bringing this up to be an asshole or anything, because I just thought it was funny. Because the first night I worked, she came in, I think, and sat down at the bar, right? Or something like that. Yes. And you didn't know that she... I had no idea. <laughs> she was with me. And, she, <laughs> and you're like, why didn't she tell me that she was your well, Yeah, and because I yes. She said, and I don't know, she may have took it the wrong way, but she said something about you might have like flirted with her a little bit, which, I mean, hey, I would have <laughs> But I just thought it was funny, you know, right? Like, <laughs> oh, my boss is flirting with my wife for a snack. <laughs> No. Oh man! Well, one that is that is awesome. I think I try to be friendly. Yeah, I'm just picking up. I always been 100 flirting with her. Hey, I'm, I'm flattered. You know what? I love that attitude. Um, no, but uh, yeah, no. She likes. She, you know, she doesn't mind. Okay. Had she been to the bar prior to coming to see you while you were yeah. working there? Oh, yeah, she did. We, we came together a few times. We don't have. We didn't have that much of like. I mean, maybe once a month before I even started working there, you might go out. Okay. But most nights that we'd go out downtown, like we'd end up at Wolves by the end of the night. Really? Or yeah. So you've been go you've been going there for a little while now. A little while, yeah. But I mean, once a month isn't you know. 
no, but I mean, like, you knew about the bar. Yeah, definitely. So that's really cool. So you do you think that was uh, really helpful in the fact of, like, being offered a new uh, job as a bartender, never having bartended before, but also it being at a place that you had already felt comfortable going to, that you were almost an inconsistent regular at, so to speak? Yeah, that, that probably probably helped a little bit. I mean... Like with the comfort factor of, yeah. you know, like, because I'm sure that there's got to be people out there that might really want to do bartending or the thought of it, but then at the same time, you know, maybe they're just, there's a little bit of anxiety over that. Yeah. I, it depends on, like, where somebody's anxiety. Or I think the biggest thing really is, like, if you're not a people person... Right. I think that's comes from the biggest thing, like what we talked about earlier. I think anybody, like any subject, if you're, if you want to get into it and you have a desire, that the prior experience isn't that big of a like deal. Yeah. It's more about like your mindset and if you have to drive to learn. And then the people, like, it just depending on the industry, right? Like, so bar planning, I mean, you're literally interacting with people every day. If you don't like people, if you you can lost the attitude, you know, but can like know how to deal with people and, and have that patience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then you're not gonna Yeah, I, I think that I think that there's a big misconstrued perception of the amount of patience that you have to have when you're part like I mean you don't have to have it, but having it bring I think that brings your, you know, your take home to the next level, your repeat business to the next level. And also I think it, it washes over into other aspects of life. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, I think that that patience is an extremely underplayed skill mm -hmm. to, to develop, uh, especially in bartending. And that's one of the things I think that I really, you know, reflecting on love is that it kind of, it makes you like get better at being patient oh, for, sure. for sure. Right. Yeah, Would you say for you, like, because one of the things I noticed when I've, you know, seen you bartend too is kind of your ability to be a little bit more, um, being able to handle difficult people a little bit better, you know, like being able to be not commanding, but kind of like direct, like being able to... To navigate through a difficult customer? Yeah. You had a, you have any stories of like, you know, difficult customers where like had to uh, kind of influence them. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, your words and the like, to keep a conversation or keep a situation. For, first off, I, I like, I, uh, you know, I'm impressed as to how you kind of flipped now you're on, you're questioning me on this whole thing. So for everyone well, listening, <laughs> come in and see Jay because he's a little bit more talented than he, than he likes to give off here. He's a sly one. Yeah, no. For for advice purposes, I would say a great example. I've got two. So one, the bar was extremely packed. There was two of us working at the time. Uh, I want to say it was a Friday night. It was during COVID. So people had to do the standing in line with the masks on while standing. When you were seated, you could have the masks off. Um, and uh, we were trying to help. They, we had like almost three lines really we were trying to dial it down to two lines at each end of the bar and we had people sitting there and we were trying to navigate through you know trying to see who's next and whatnot and this one person i think that they, they apparently were next i went to go serve someone else 
And they just stepped aside out of line and just screamed out. And they said, um, you know, I had been effing waiting here. I'm next. This is bullshit. Go F yourself. And literally, it was almost, I almost feel like in like personally, I felt like the music had almost paused. <laughs> and um, I just, I apologize. Is that I am so sorry. I'm more than happy to get you a drink. And they just like, no, F you. And then they grabbed what looked like their distraught girlfriend and just left the bar. Wow. Um, and there's nothing that you can do about that. And in fact, usually those kind of situations after the fact, because now you've got all the customers that saw something like that happen, which is a very rare thing, I think, yeah. to have happen. You just kind of like use humor to play it off. Others, uh, I've had one conversation. I always try to keep in mind people are drinking. Exactly right. So <laughs> you keeping that in mind for sure, like with your response, I think is very helpful because you have to realize that even though they might be able to be somebody that can see uh, two sides of a conversation um, while they're drinking, probably the one side that they might be leaning into is just, it's easier to empathetically agree with somebody as opposed to counter you know, counter conversate with like your kind of almost rebuttal opinion because right. it's not going to get received well because yeah, they've right. been drinking. Yeah, exactly. Like almost like coming to them as understanding from their point of view, even though like, you know, maybe you don't necessarily agree with it. Right. Sort of like rebuttaling with the same tone, the same kind of, you know, whatever unpleasant. Yeah, it's, just, it's easier to just kind of like hear them out. And almost motivationally respond back, basically what they had just told you. Yeah, I, it's kind of funny that drunk Irish guy. This, that kind of happened that first day. I think he might have been first day too, or maybe he was second day. Yeah. So, um, so let's give some background on this. So, it, it, this was your second shift, right? I think it was. All right. So, J so Jake's the second shift, and I'm in the back office, and I'm looking on the camera because I wanted you to feel like I did't want. I don't like sitting there when there's a new bartender because I like them to get the feeling of getting comfortable being alone. Yeah. And 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 almost. You know, if they have to have a slight little, you know, panic moment, those are going to happen regardless. So I kind of just let you guys let that happen. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, I, I felt like, like, when, whenever you're sitting on the end of the bar, like, when I, yeah, started, it, causes, I just like, it, ca it causes anxiety, and I don't want that to be the case. So, I, so that's why I usually try to stay MIA for the most part. But so I'm in the back office, and I see Jake on the camera. And there's a guy, this guy's sitting in the center of the bar, and he's, he's a big dude. Yeah. And he's, like, tatted up. He's probably, like, 5'10", like, Yeah, he's, 40. like, 5'10", five, five, 240. He looks like, you know, Vader, the wrestler from the WWF back in the day. And, like, a combination of Vader meets, you know, Hulk Hogan-ish a little bit. But he wasn't, like, super jacked, but he had muscle. And he's got tatted sleeves on his arms, giant beard, completely bald shaved head. bald head yeah. and he is just i just see because obviously the cameras have no audio but i just see him just like constantly putting his hand out yeah and and you being polite enough and like you know putting your head up like hey and he's just like grabbing it and i'm just thinking and i'm in the back office and i'm just thinking this is this dude's second shift and i really like his vibes and i think he's a good dude and i was excited about his hire i feel like he's a hundred
hundred percent going to quit and, or might get kidnapped by the end of the shift. And then I come out and you go, now I want you to take over. Like you tell it like, so I come out and come from behind the bar and well, the beginning is the, the funny part because he comes up to the bar in the corner and it was actually kind of busy that night when he got there. So I was working to get his drink, like working to get to him. He showed up, he was probably like, you know, last in line in a line of like eight or 10. And I finally get to him. And then he was trying to tell me in his drunken Irish accent that he wants a gin and tonic. But he's like, like, I'm trying to figure it out, right? But I'm trying to be nice. And I like, so it probably took four or five times for him to repeat it until I heard tonic. And then I was like, oh, you want a gin and tonic? And he's like, yeah, you fucking stupid. Like, he starts like, that was pretty good. Like, so you know, like, you're this fucking guy. Like, what do you want? Fucking gin and tonic and fucking bunkers. Like, he's calling me all sorts of Irish swear words and stuff. And I'm just like, but I, that's like to your point earlier, right? Where you kind of have to get on, like, not take his anger and frustration on. And so I just started making fun of myself. And I'm like, yeah, dude, trust me. I know. Like, I, I, I can't, I have the worst hearing, whatever. Like, I just start making fun of myself, you know. Yeah, you almost took, like, that, uh, that, like, Eminem approach. Yeah. From 8 Mile. Exactly. Where, like, if you just rag on yourself, they have nothing left that they could say. Exactly. It almost defuses the situation. And it 100% did. He, like, after that, he, like, like you said, after that, he was, like, trying to be my best friend. Yeah. I mean, like, Okay, so that happened first. Then, Then you did that. And you kind of defuse it that way, yeah. and then kind of what I'm remembering is now I'm in play, yeah. and he's now he's like best friends with you. Best friends, and trying well, to and play. also extremely pissed off with me. <laughs> like every time I walk behind the bar, he's like. I probably thought you were like coming in and trying to kick him out or something like that. You know I, mean? I mean, we were well, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this was only your second shift, mm-hmm. um, so you know these are learning experiences. What I mean, he forgot his key. Like when he was leaving. Oh my God! When he was leaving, I am, I am, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I was dying because I saw he's now he's coming out. So the way that we exit the bar, there's the first door. It goes into a vestibule area for everyone that's listening to just just to kind of like paint the picture, and then yeah. and then goes to the outside. He's in the vestibule area, and Jake is going out there to try to like help him get through that last door. And he, and then all of a sudden, the next thing I know, because you're gone for a minute, uh, I look over, I come out from behind the bar, I look over, and you are trying to help him now put on a sweatshirt. And I lost my shit. I started dying laughing. I had to go to the back and watch the rest of the camera. walked out into the vestibule, and he's about to, like, fall over because his hoodie. His hoodie up over his head like this. It was up over his head, like where his head was stuck. He couldn't get his hoodie on. Yes, and he yes. Was, like, your dress. falling over in our vestibule. And so I'm like, hold on, dude, let me help, let me help. And he's like stumbling, drunk, can't get it up. I finally pulled over his head. And I'm, I'm like, dude, are you going to be gonna make it home? Are you going to be okay? And I'm thinking. Like, yeah, I'll make it. And he walks outside. And this was after we'd already done our clothing work. Right. So finally, we, we get into the back. We had, you know starting to count money whatever and you look on the camera and he's just sitting there and he's just there he's just sitting down he was just there he was there for like a solid 30 i think we we put an over and under on that 
Um, and he was there for about 30 minutes. So, but this is your second shift. And I was, I mean, it was, what a fucking second shift. Yeah. I got to say, like, wow. I think after that, the rest of the shifts must have been pretty, like, stress-free for the most part. Yeah. I, I <laughs> he hasn't even come back, surprisingly. I thought he he did seem like a one-off kind of a person. Yeah. Like, was he from the area? Did you even know? Do you no, know he that? Definitely. I think he said he lives, like he lived or lives in Ireland, but he said he was like a record label. He like works for a record label, or he was a music producer, and like had a studio that he works with here in Syracuse or something like that. So okay. I actually thought that like I think he said he was in town. Oh wow! He'll probably be back someday. He might be back. <laughs> he might be back. If he, if he does come back and you're working, I'm just, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna soak it all in. What are your thoughts on? Uh, do you think? Do you think people will lean more toward? I mean, for for the venue that you're working at, like obviously more toward beer. But I would say overall, like, are you thinking more beer? Do you think more cocktails? Um. I mean, two very different industries. Um. So let's let's say. I think if you bring like bring in more beers, like also bring in more a few more cocktails. You know I mean, like I feel right. like sometimes there's stuff that people like that people ask for. Like, and we have a decent amount of selection, but like it would be kind of cool if there was because we have craft beer. You know, what I mean? right? Like, cocktails are a little bit more generic. Right. Like, there's a few kind of special craft cool Do you feel? Do, what are your thoughts on the fact that? You, there are no tiered cocktail options as a new bartender. So there's like no, uh, there's no, yeah, there's no top shelf vodka. There's just a, you know, we just have Tito's kind of a thing. We, you know, all of our shots are the same price. Yeah. What are your thoughts on, you know, alternating? Like, I think that there's a huge upside to the simplicity of it. Yeah. Um, both for the customer, but then also for the bartender, because especially I think with a newer bartender, it'd be really easy to accidentally just by habit, most people are fine with the Tito's. Then you have the one person that might want, let's call it Grey Goose, and you accidentally grab the Tito's just by habit, yeah. make the entire drink, and then realize it on the back end, and then you're like, oh, shit, now I have to. So do you, do you appreciate that simplicity? Do you think that there's, you know, do you think that having tiered options is more beneficial? I mean, I like simplicity. <laughs> you're like i'm really glad we're not doing upside down pineapple martinis or anything i don't know I, i'm probably the wrong person to ask because you know i don't have that much experience in my life and I'm pretty well yeah no that's why i wanted to get the perspective on that as like a bartender what um so i'd really like it if you told everybody your story on how you started on on making green tea shots <laughs> yeah a lot of people and this is didn't realize it, it they were and also, I'm, I take full responsibility for the fact that... Well, I don't know. I don't, anyway, you tell the story, and then we'll talk about it. Well, so, I don't know. I think it just started because, like, it was... I had a couple of pretty busy nights early on. And that second night... Maybe it started with that second night with the Irish people. The night of the Irish guy. Because that was probably one of the first nights I really had to make a decent amount of green tea shots. I mean, I'm not positive on this. I'm just kind of assuming... This is how it started, but I do remember that I couldn't, I didn't notice the difference, like Frangelico and Kilbagan. Yes, they're two completely different words, but for some reason, I think I thought both were referring to Amaretto because I know we didn't have Frangelico for a while when I started. 
We didn't. They were sold out. Yeah. Um, Kilbegan's so, an Irish whiskey. And an Irish whiskey. And, and Amaretto is a uh, almond. No, it's an almond liqueur. A Frangelico is a hazelnut liqueur. So instead of instead of Kilbegan, you were using Amaretto. So it was, so it was Amaretto, peach schnapps, and then the other three like splashes of soda and sour mix. And so, so did one? Did you try this shot? think so yeah because like people were ordering it and so people some were, people ordered me a shot to take with them too, so like the, this green tea shot yeah. and no you had zero people nobody nobody asked if anything i had more people say this is like great <laughs> like, green tea shots amazing really? like, so wait really yeah, oh I'm, we're gonna now i feel like a hundred we're gonna we're gonna have to try that i have to try this out now so now i actually when i make it still keep the amaretto. <laughs> do you really? I do. I put killed bacon, peach schnapps, and then amaretto. Really? But I do probably like, you know, uh, half part kill bacon and then quarter part. I don't know if that would be called a green tea shot. Probably not. Well, I think that, all right, mate, you know, anybody that's listening, feel free to comment what you think this shot should be called. Uh, we might just, you know, this could be a signature shot for Jake. Call it a Is it because it has the hazelnut kind of liqueur? That was good. That was actually funny. So when did you, so after realizing, you still use the amaretto though, that's so, that's so funny. What was the, what has been the most challenging um, mixed drink or cocktail that you've had repeatedly ordered, have, have had people repeat order that you've had to make? For me, it's always, well, I would say the longest one for me would always be uh, the, the um, coconut mojito. Plus, I don't know. I don't think I'm making a mo. Like I think I'm, I'm making it right, but I haven't tasted some mojito that I've made. Not it was my wife's. So right. I'm, I'm not giving anybody back much. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, it didn't taste. Well, you could always taste test. Like you can take a straw and, oh, yeah, and cap true. the top of it, yeah, and like just did, like dipstick it yeah. in there. It's because you're getting a, a little nuts while you're on shift. <laughs> <laughs> So with the coconut mojito, I think that one of the difficult parts of it, because now we never used to have Bacardi, so now we can offer, if you wanted, just a regular mojito, because we never had a white rum. Um, but with the coconut mojito, it, there's a lot of Malibu that has to go into that to get that coconut flavor to come out, um, which I guess is also in turn semi-fine, because Malibu is definitely a lower ABV rum than Bacardi. Uh, so it's kind of, it kind of like evens itself out, but it just feels like you put so much Malibu in that. I like the coconut. I, I think that I like the fact that you get so like when you make, if you can make the coconut mojito, you know, especially if it's people that are sitting at the bar, I always like to ask like, Oh, how's the drink? Yeah. Um, which for two reasons, back to going, what you said about increasing your, like a tip hack. I like to ask about how's the drink, even if it's a Moscow meal, which for us is super simple. Only because it kind of makes, so now you're putting them on the spot. Like they say, oh, it's really good. So now you kind of almost have mentally reminded them that you did a good job for them, mm -hmm. which makes them like you more, which could increase your tip chance. Or but, and then maybe on the, you made them a shitty drink. Right. Or you made yeah, it. They, yeah, exactly. Or, I mean, in our case, you know, a lot of times, and I'm okay with this, a lot of like, there have been more occasions where people have said this was a little over strong and you've got to dilute it down. But I think that 
that's a much better option than I can't taste any alcohol in this whatsoever kind of a deal. That's why even with wine, like I don't like I will pour because our wine glasses are small and the, the, you know, two and a half ounce difference from leaving an inch to fill it. Like I, I would always rather just fill it up all the way to the top. And then here, like, oh, I like that pour. Like, that's a nice pour. So with the coconut mojito, though, I remember the first time that I made one, and they and the the customer had complimented me on it, and I just felt so proud. (laughs) It's like you know, it's tough because I still don't feel like I'm a like I'm not you know I there's shots like last night I had somebody with a shot. They said they wanted a kamikaze shot. I had no idea what that was. I had to look that up. Yeah, and it's it was a super simple shot, but I still had to look it up. Um, so I, yeah, so I, I feel like I like it. I like that compliment is nice all yeah, the time. That's awesome. Yeah. It's tough too. How do you like shake a mojito up though? That's the one thing I've had a problem with is like, because of how much carbonation with the soda water, every time I try to shake it up, it still gets all over. <laughs> that's, that's a good question. I would probably say shake it and then kind of take it apart the glass, maybe to let some of the, the air up, but, but it like, it'll pop on me. If that's the right word to use, it would, it'll, you know, while you're shaking it. Maybe I'm just not holding it together hard enough. Maybe you're just, yeah, maybe you're not holding it together hard enough. Maybe you need to really, like, just slam it in there. You know, get that cup in there in that shaker. Uh, you know, we'll get you one of those automatic shakers that, you, you know, you just have to put the drinks in on its own. Overall, you would say, as a new bartender, you're really liking it. Yeah. Happy about it. So far. From other bars to this one. What do you think of as far as like the other staff and stuff? The staff, you said? Like, yeah, like, do you feel like there's a great sense of kind of like, uh, like family wise community? Like, I think that all of us are pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know me. I'm, I've only been, I only come in two nights a week. I don't, I don't even think I've. You I, went to I one of our staff you. gatherings, I, though. I, yeah, like, that, was, that was a good time. And what was cool about it, like you said, like, was that I dropped the cake. Well, that was. <laughs> <laughs> but even like, even not knowing everybody. I did get a chance to kind of interact with everybody, and I could see, like, how, like, a lot of people, too, have been here longer than even you have, right? Like, yeah, well, yeah. People have been here, you know, for a really long time, and also, like, uh, I can't remember what his name was, but the guy with the big black coat who was helping everybody with a spatula game, you know, like, things like that. Like, where, oh, Frank, for everyone that's listening, is another bartender. His name is Frank. Yeah, like that, you know, like, everybody is super friendly, like, he, you know, we're all obviously kind of so so yeah so for for our listeners we had a christmas party and i had found a game on i believe it was tiktok and um you were blindfolded and you had uh, you know anywhere from 100 i per i used 300 dollars in ones and i threw maybe two or three 20s in the pile and i spread it out on a square table and everybody was blindfolded. You got a bucket in one hand, and you got a spatula in the other. And as you're blindfolded, what was it, five, five turns? Yeah, five. You got five attempts to try and spatula the money into the bucket. <laughs> and most of the time, it did not work out well. But it was fun. And then at the, but at the end, I let everybody just split it up amongst themselves. Yeah. If, you are, if you do follow us or don't follow us and would like to, or just check out the video, I do have uh, a funny video, and I will be posting um, after this show. Uh, I will be posting some more videos of Jake and others that we're doing, I guess we could call it the spatula game, um, during that Christmas party. That was, that was a good time. 
Um, so Jake free, I think that, uh, to wrap the show up, nice fun thing. I wanted to do a Q and a overrated, underrated, uh, some questions for you. And then you just give me your take on if you think these things are overrated and or underrated. Sweet. Let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. Let's cut. Let's say, uh, all right. So overrated, underrated, or you could say properly rated games in the bar, like bar games, like darts, pool, table games, cards, foosball. Underrated. I would agree. Sports on TV versus like, you know, overrated. overrated. <laughs> why, all right. Why do you say that? Oh, I don't know. I, I shouldn't say that. I mean, I, I'm a sports guy. Like, don't get me wrong. But I feel like people really invest themselves into it. But everybody has a right to invest themselves. Okay. But you're not saying like. But I'm just not like a, like, I don't get it. You're saying like, the key, please change it to this specific game. Oh, yeah. Then that's the overrated yeah, okay. I, and you know what? I agree with that. Um, I was actually thinking of it in the sense of like, we have we, like, like the news is on or we have uh, the bachelorette on. Like I usually try to avoid having those kind of things on. Um, I don't know why I panic. You know, I, I will panic if I accidentally like look up and uh, CNN is on and all of a sudden it's talking about something political. And I'm like, this is just we're dying to just break a fight out here by encouraging people. What about uh, specialty cocktails, like requested ones, like something that probably isn't on our menu like I had yesterday with the with the kamikaze shot? Yeah, probably. I wouldn't say overrated or underrated, but like what about a, a hell Fucking yeah, or no fucking way? Do you lean more into the how fucking yeah if we have the ingredients? I guess so, yeah. Like, if we have, yeah. Like, Versus a no fucking way, like, you don't want to be bothered? Oh, I no, like, yeah, if somebody puts up, like, a random cocktail I've never heard of, like, I hope, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, I'm going to try to get you what you're asking for. <laughs> All right, so what about, um, what about Shotsky's, overrated or underrated? Properly rated. Properly rated? I like it. I like it. Uh, how about like how about beer cocktails? So like a beer mimosa or a peanut butter Guinness. Most of the time overrated, except for peanut butter Guinness. Except for peanut butter Guinness, <laughs> that that one's underrated. I would agree that one's actually very underrated. <laughs> how about having a men like a decent food menu at a bar? That is that can be underrated because I mean I like the way we do it. We have like, three like, items. We don't have a kitchen, but like you're not like some. Right, we allow outside food in. To finish this guy off, this round, a free, something complimentary on your birthday, like for us, the free birthday boot, overrated and underrated. I, I would say properly rated, if not a little underrated. Yeah. yeah, I would say underrated. I heard that there's another place. I thought that you got a free margarita tower. Oh, wow. But you didn't. You actually only got a shot of tequila. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're, yeah, tell, I was honestly, that's how I saw and felt. I was like, oh, wow. And they're like, no, no, you only get the shot of tequila for free. And I go, oh, okay. Because I love margaritas, but I don't, I'm not a huge just straight tequila shot kind of a person. Yeah. Um, maybe college kind of got that out of me. All right. I think a two-liter boot for free is, like, amazing. You know what I mean? What about um, specialty events, such as, let's say, like a dart tournament or a beer pong tournament? Overrated, underrated? Underrated. Underrated? Yeah. And how about having no cover charge during other special events such as like a pay-per-view or having a cover charge i don't mind the cover charge as long as it's not from a customer standpoint you don't mind yeah okay i i love some places charge like 15 20 bucks for a cover to get in for a pay-per-view it's like you know how like you only had to pay one little price and yeah i understand you're making a profit but you're gonna make a profit off five or ten bucks right what about happy hour 
a happy hour? Uh, happy hour, properly rated. Properly rated. Yeah. How about complimentary drinks? Like for uh, people that are, you know, maybe you got your regulars that come in and or you have a large group and they ordered $115 worth of worth yes. of drinks and you decided to give them, you know, their last, they, they oh, ordered yeah. a, a final round of shots. Rated. Yeah, I would take that over the happy hour because I think that also kind of like that's a, a kindness action that lasts longer and resonates more. Definitely. And finally, what about closing at closing early? Overrated, underrated? Closing early is uh, overrated. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm pretty patient. So like, I mean, it, like you already come, like, like, you come into work like knowing that you're going to work until midnight mentality yeah, already. It's just a bonus. And not even necessarily bonus, because honestly, like, if you're closing early, that means it was dead. Right. And usually if it's that dead, like... And if you're planning on being there anyway, yeah. then just, you know, then practice some darts or something. <laughs> There's nobody in the bar. Or come up with a new cocktail and make a video and tag the bar in it. Yeah. Give me some good ideas. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'll use that one Well, this was a lot of fun. Thank you, uh, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe and review the the show and the episode if you haven't. We really appreciate it. It really helps uh, the channel out. And stay tuned for next episode where we will be talking with the owner of Three Lives and uh, getting their take on being a bar owner for the first time, but having been in the industry for a while. I appreciate you all. Thanks again. And I will talk to you guys soon.